0: Hello, I'm Scott Sashby.
1: And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the MLS Valuations sports business podcast, The Sportacast.
0: I really thought you were going to come with something. It was so literal. This is the MLS valuation <laughs> sport. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. There's like nothing for me to, yep, that's what we're doing. Sometimes
1: we go abstract and sometimes we get right to the point.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll go juvenile. We're kicking it with Kurt Bodenhausen, something like that. How about that? You like that, Kurt? I love it. I love All it. All right. Nice. Once again, excellent work by Kurt And And, you know, I don't just tweet nice stuff to tweet nice stuff. I, you know, I think you guys know, me I, I mean, you know, I'll do some promo, but I'm not like P.T. Barnum out there, right? But I read your piece today, not the list and the data viz, which is cool, but the actual story. And man, I, I mean, from key stakeholders in the industry, from Larry Berg on down, I mean, I was learning stuff. I thought it was really, really good. And the line about maybe having more sophisticated or savvy investors in MLS than the NFL... Like if, I mean, of course, there was a lot of crossover too. Uh, that one stuck with me because I'm looking at the future of the league and what's coming in streaming. And, you know, they, obviously Jonathan Kraft is in both leagues and he's on the private equity committee. But uh, I, I'm starting to really be like this. There might be something really going on here with MLS. Kurt, what was your take going in and what's your take coming out?
2: I mean, that, that, that's definitely part of the story. I mean, these guys are looking around. Who's buying in? Who's making the investments? Uh, the people that are coming in now—it's this isn't the group that you know paid a five million dollar expansion fee twenty-five years ago uh, to, to commit three hundred twenty-five million dollars in the case of David Tepper, the Wilfs paying four hundred million uh, to buy down in Orlando City, um, NFL, 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 NFL. So. You know, these guys aren't stupid. I mean, so I I think that that's definitely part of the story. You look around, these people have had a ton of success, whether it's in uh, tech, Wall Street, sports, entertainment, all these different areas. uh, And the idea is they're going to figure it out. And you're buying in long term with the idea that in 10 year post World Cup, at some point, the United States looks at soccer like the rest of the world does, and you're going to invest, you want to be invested in the domestic league, and there's no promotion, there's no re- relegation, you don't have to worry about being banished to to a second division. Um, so, so I, I think the ownership, uh, people that have bought into the league is a huge positive, uh, uh for, for everybody. As they,
0: I, I know Eben's dying to jump in, and our audience is dying to hear from him, but I don't care, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in again anyway, because I thought the lead was important. Not only the who, but the what. Larry Berg has spent more than three decades at private equity firm Apollo Global Management, focused on building companies for the long term. And that, I assume, is what Don Garber is selling to any prospective owner here uh, and those already there. This is not like, look where we were at MLS. You know, look at the NFL. It's not like a, a 10 year, 20 year company over the long term at a time when media, content, tech, Real estate these are all the components of the platform companies with sports at the centerpiece. real opportunity there, I, but I thought that lead pretty much encapsulated some really important things
2: yeah this I, again MLS uh, investors and the league itself want to remind you this league is twenty seven years old you know so to compare it to the NFL to compare it to the NBA major league baseball they 're not there i mean it, it's, it's barely um, past. you know it's barely legal to drink and so When when, to compare it to those other leagues, I don't think necessarily is fair. And the Apple deal sets them up for the next deal. So would they have wanted the the annual payments to be bigger? Probably. But I mean, you're building a partnership and partnership, partnership, partnership. That's the word that's used over and over with these guys. They're going to be embedded in each other's ecosystem. Um, and, And you're building with the idea that the next deal is up another 4X. And so this this is a long-term play. Anybody who's looking to flip one of these things, well, the valuations are up significantly, uh, so maybe you could have flipped it out of profit. But if you're buying in, you got to be in for the long term with
0: this. Game. Yeah. And if you're reading Anthony Krupe's Twitter feed, I mean, you might get some Kierkegaard. You might get some Vonnegut. I don't know what else you might get. But clearly what you're going to get is some tweets talking about the further erosion of the cable bundle. And, uh, so, you know, at the time and the Apple deal. And I know Novi Williams is dying to talk about like, you, you didn't know where to want it, you wanted to go. You said like there were so many great nuggets here. I I'm, I'm anxious to see what you're going to do first.
1: There's so much. And uh, maybe the first question I'll ask Kurt is, is, since we're talking about Apple right now, you were on this show after the NFL inked its mega $115 billion worth of new TV deals, and and you felt there was obviously a very strong correlation. All the NFL teams are going to be worth X amount more when when that deal kicks in. How do you think about this Apple deal, which is paying MLS a 10-year deal recently signed, going to pay MLS a lot more money than they're getting right now, but there are questions about what it does for the reach of the league. Is, Is every MLS team worth more? The minute that MLS deal starts, uh, that that Apple deal starts, is it worth a lot more? Is it worth less? How do you factor that into where you uh, are?
2: I the way we we're very much taking, and I think a, a, the the party line. It's a wait and see. We got to mm. see how this is going to work. I I don't think anybody knows. It's so new. I mean, to take basically your entire product and put it. Uh, through a streaming service, uh, now MLS has a younger audience. Its its audience, its fans are most comfortable with streaming than any other uh, fan base. And- Evan, should we hit them with some
0: stats that we have that you, <laughs> that you and I have? Should we hit them with some stats? You Ready for yeah, this? Yeah, Yeah. All right, here we go. I'm going to interrupt you to do it. Ready? Percentage of this league's uh, so it's f- native fans. All right. So this is kind of the, your focus group is native fans. Subscribe to Apple TV. MLS twenty eight percent. NBA 20, NHL 22, NFL 17. Stream live TV, MLS 53, NBA 46, NHL 45, NFL 42. Uh, Think that live sports coverage impacts streaming purchase. MLS, this was before the deal, by the way. 72%, 61 NBA, 61 NHL, 54 NFL. And finally, agree streaming is very important to sports fandom. MLS 71, NBA 59, 57 for the NHL, and the NFL following up with their mega TV deals, linear television at 51%. There you go. So they're, they're going to what their audience
2: wants.
1: And the thing that I find, I mean, maybe most interesting, and, and I'm and I'm doing this through rose-colored glasses a little bit about the about the, the Apple deal with MLS, is it felt that for so long MLS was trying to build a business just like the NBA and the NFL, and, and Don Garber was a was an executive at the NFL before he came over to MLS, and, and you guys have talked about the overlap of ownership. It seemed like they wanted just to have that business with a, with a huge audience on on big TV, and and have that be the money driver. This MLS deal at least feels in some ways like it is an acceptance that oh, our, our business might actually just be different. We we, we might not be the 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 group that needs to be on every Saturday night be on Fox National, but we can do something different with our media rights. We obviously in a number of cities have a really strong live product that that fans love to go to and love to attend. It seemed like it, it may be a smart admission that maybe MLS should do something different media wise and see if that works.
0: It's a little chicken of the egg, Evan. Right, like you get the big TV audience, so the TV networks want to give you big dollars, or the other way around. The, 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 you're not getting it so
1: yes don't. i think i would argue that the mls may never have big tv audiences and, and and that if that is the end goal of the way they're building their business that maybe there's a problem there and and, and this apple tv deal again just feels like it is maybe an acceptance that well, it's about that chasing apple, a massive yeah, tv audience is correct, not the, correct is
0: not the it's, end goal. Just, it's just about touch points it's about the entire apple ecosystem not just those that are watching the stream at all i mean it, it's touching all parts of apple
1: so, so Kurt, another one for you, because th- these numbers jumped out. I always feel as though your your valuations are very often kind of dead on accurate to, to where we see transactions happening. We have, since you have Cincinnati at, at 550 million valuation wise, uh, and you also write in here that Cincinnati is looking to raise money at a 800, roughly $800 million valuation. So, so obviously 50%, roughly 50% higher than where you have them. It doesn't seem like that happens any in any of the other leagues with your valuations. When you see and hear that number, does that make you think these investors are crazy? That, that you're way off? How do you square the fact that that, that you put this team at five fifty and they're raising money at eight uh, hundred?
2: Yeah, we've never seen anything like it. I, <laughs> I mean, it, traditionally for uh, sports team transactions, LP stakes have sold at twenty to thirty uh, percent discounts. I mean, and 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 I feel like that. Uh, discount is closed and and the private equity guys coming in have helped fill uh some some of that uh difficult touch point in terms of unloading those shares uh, because they've recognized the value uh, of these of these clubs long term uh, but nothing like this i mean this is unbelievable i mean look at uh, Salt lake they they sold for something you know a little under 400 in january and now they're out raising at 500 500 plus um dc united selling shares for over 800 i mean it's um it, it's unbelievable we've, we've never seen anything like it and so i, I think a lot of this is th- they're selling small slivers to people that want to be a sports team owner don't necessarily need the money uh so you're buying in maybe one percent and so you know that that creates some it's a little bit of crazy valuations when, when you when you take that out and do an enterprise uh, value. Um, but if you want to be a sports team owner, the only way they're going to take your money is if basically you overpay. Um, and so, you know, whether you end up with one percent of the franchise or one point two percent of the franchise, you know, that that. Do you really care that much at the end of the day? You're not necessarily buying in to have this incredible investment. You're diversifying your portfolio a little bit. You want to be a sports team owner uh, when, when you go out to a cocktail party and they're talking to your friends because you have everything else. And you can't buy into an NBA team. You can't buy into an NFL team because of, you know they're not going to take your call with a $10 million check. Um, but you have a chance to buy a little bit of in the local MLS club. And, so and this, is an,
0: this is an easy sell in a sea of red, which is what we're seeing on wall street. The last one, you know, this is an easy sell, you, right? You, easy. You're, you're not going to lose money. Yeah. You
2: know, very rare. You lose money buying
1: i,
0: in- I bonds and MLS team.
1: <laughs> LP stakes. There so you returning go. 9%. I, I've said this before on the show, Kurt, and, and you just mentioned it right there. I feel like MLS is just right in this sweet spot of valuations, right around where a wealthy celebrity, but not a ultra rich billionaire can afford to buy a half a percent, right? We've seen Yo Gotti, the rapper buy into DC United. I'm not familiar with Yo Gotti's, Financial portfolio, but I'm assuming that if he wanted to buy one percent of the Dallas Cowboys, he doesn't have the cash to do that. But this, he by can the way, buy, this coming
0: from the guy who quoted Rihanna's song on the last <laughs> podcast, now he can't give me any yogatti at all.
1: Sorry, Yo Gotti. Um But it does feel as though that there's local celebrities, local athletes, for example, that have bought into a lot of MLS clubs. That the the, the amount of money they have cash to invest in a, in a portfolio in a, into a a franchise like this just happens to align really well with with where MLS clubs are valued right now.
2: We talk about this all the time as these valuations grow the number of people that can afford that four or five billion dollar mm-hmm. franchise is shrinking as these valuations grow the number of people that have five or ten million dollars that they're willing to invest into one of these it's a lot mm-hmm. yeah I mean and so you're absolutely right they are sitting in this absolute sweet spot uh where where nBA the average NFL franchise is worth 4.1 billion NBA' is 2.6 and climbing quickly uh maybe the sun sail sends that into you know further hi- uh hyperdrive uh so so but the while some people think 10 times revenue is super expensive which is what these MLS clubs are selling for uh they're still much more affordable than the other major sports leagues
0: and you know those NFL owners are just loving life sitting back as an NFL owner strictly the NFL has the luxury of sitting back and taking its time with things like new technology. They can let the others check in or, or have to be forced to try new things like MLS. They can dabble, like, you know, they have the Thursday night streaming on Amazon. It's a small sliver of their media, but they can, you know, get their feet wet and see how it works for the NFL. And we've seen what, 11, 12 plus million uh, people watching on Thursday night? Great. But you know, the Crafts, the Wilfs, the Haslams, you know darn well that they will utilize the MLS as a testing ground to see what works, what doesn't work, what translates to the NFL. It's a perfect situation for them to try something without having any risk on the NFL side.
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's R&D. I mean, they're, they're, it's, uh, the, the Patriots are a $6 billion franchise and the Revolution are a $450, 500000000 million franchise. So you can try different things there. You know, I, I'm not gonna say nobody's gonna notice, but uh, you can see what works, what doesn't. Um, you know, and, and they present the the crafts and the revolutionary are or, I mean, if they could figure out a way to get a stadium in Boston, uh, and well,
0: I was gonna say one of the key takeaways for me from your story was that the major markets mm. were with a drag. That's the Agreed. amazingly outside of NYCFC. I mean, and they don't even have a stadium, so we, we hear they may be coming one to Queens, and you know, maybe uh, alongside Steve Cohen, but. Man oh man if if they can figure out that stadium if the crafts can figure out the stadium and the top end the big markets can figure things out man oh man you're talking a real, real boon for the league I
2: uh, the great uh, Lev, who's so good at everything he does for Sportico, I mean, he broke it down into a chart that was unbelievable. He looked at the NFL. He looked at all the major uh, U.S. sports leagues in terms of values of their franchise. This, these seven giant markets, uh, L.A., New York, Chicago, Boston, Houston, Dallas, San Fran, all those franchises, the top franchise in those cities, in the NFL, they're all in the top 11. The NBA, they're all in the top 10 uh MLS LA LAFC's 1 uh NYCFC's 7th Chicago's 17th though Boston 21st Houston 22nd Dallas 23rd like that that doesn't exist in any other sports league it, these old legacy brands in MLS they are the biggest problem, but then they're also the biggest opportunity. And, and why is that, out.
1: Kurt? Is it because they've been in the league for so long that they have less of a financial incentive to get their money? But if I bought in for five million, everything is gravy, right? And if I bought in for two fifty like 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 they did in Charlotte, I obviously feel maybe a bit more pressure to, to monetize the thing more. But but why is it that we have that the biggest market teams seem to be among the, the lowest valuated?
2: Well, a lot of them have stadium issues, you know, that they, they, we figured out that they're watching a soccer game in Gillette Stadium, Yankee Stadium, it just Soldier Field. It doesn't necessarily work. That and, and so that's how a lot of these teams came in early on. Uh, the soccer specific stadium uh, it is makes a huge difference. And and you have to think about. Uh, how these clubs compete for the attention in these big cities. I mean, Austin's come in and be a big success, and Evan, we've talked about this. They're the only professional sports team uh, in the city, depending how you want to it. You
0: haven't lived until you've walked the streets of Austin looking for a taco truck with Evan <laughs> Novi williams okay? And I can proudly say I have now done that. So you have to sit outside the stadium you know, with taco trucks and just have a, a food truck race thing there, man. That's all Novi williams needs. <laughs>
2: You're able to capture mind share in in these smaller markets uh, so much easier uh, than th- than when you're talking about Dallas FC. I mean, are, are, how how are they going to break through? I mean, you know the the old joke of you know the the Cowboys Cowboys games are first, then Cowboys practices, you know, and then you move down the line. I mean, it, it's really hard in these bigger markets where there's so many other uh, professional teams uh, competing for the eyeballs of both fans. And corporate support.
1: We haven't mentioned any numbers, so I'll do that real quick here. The, the most valuable club here, LAFC, nine hundred million. Below that, LA Galaxy, eight hundred and sixty-five million, and rounding out the top three, Atlanta United at eight fifty-five. And then at the way bottom, a, a new, I believe, Kurt. Correct me if I'm wrong. A new least valuable. Uh, club in the North American big five <laughs> CF Mon- Montreal coming in at, at 390 million. And I mentioned that cause I'm sure you get asked this all the time. The, you did premier league valuations last year. I believe more than half of the premier league, you valued those clubs under 300 million. So more than half of the teams in the premier league, including fairly big names like Leeds and Aston Villa would all be the least valuable team in major league soccer. Um, walk us through how how that peg gets squared. Is it just a matter of relegation and and no relegation? The, the, the media property in, in EPL is obviously so much bigger. I would bet the commercial footprint for a lot of those teams is way bigger than we see at the bottom end of MLS. How is it that 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 so much of the Premier League, the, the biggest and, and most successful and probably most watched league in the world, how so many of their clubs are are, are below the bottom of MLS?
2: Yeah, I think that's one of the hardest things to wrap your head around. And definitely soccer fans uh, love to uh, diss MLS as it's arguably the, depending who you want to talk to, you know, the somewhere between the 10th and 15th, 16th best soccer league in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, promotion and relegation is a big difference. Uh, It's funny. The MLS clubs, for the most part, have done very well ticketing, sponsorships, and can compete. With those Premier League clubs, once you move beyond the big six clubs, they're not that much different ranges combined anywhere from thirty five million to eighty five million. It's not that much different than than uh, than MLS clubs. Um, And but you bring up TV is the big difference. I mean, I I mean, the pound has fallen off a cliff, but uh, the worst Premier League club
0: still. Hold on, Kurt. I have to interrupt you. If, If you're talking MLS from the MLS side of things, I would say, what's a TV? I'm not familiar the with internet that. connections yeah I'm not I'm not familiar with that medium you are referring to <laughs> there
2: you go I mean that's the so yes we will forget not TV we will call it media uh yes. your, your media rights uh in the premier League everybody got a minimum of a hundred million dollar check from the league before Champions League pay and all that for clubs like man City um and, and for man uh, City they got 175 million uh, distribution from from the Premier uh, from the Premier League. You know, MLS clubs got what, three million last year uh, mm-hmm. from their media rights. Uh, so that that's the big differentiator. Uh, and so, I, but promotion and relegation, uh, more controlled expenses is a, a significant factor uh, when you're talking about here. I mean, it's one of the big drivers when you're talking about NBA valuations, NFL valuations versus spending in these clubs uh, by these clubs to stay in the premier league or if they get relegated to try to get back after after your revenues collapse um and and a lot of it is built on the promise of the u.s market so that in 10 years uh they they they're going to it's going to be one of the top uh, soccer markets in the world Uh, and the amount of wealth in this market uh, is help driving these valuations higher
0: no secret Kurt that MLS would like to expand we hear Wes Edens has been talking with MLS about putting a team in Las Vegas how do you think where where in that range of valuations I mean because Austin like year two boom they're right there at the, you know near the top how do you feel a Las Vegas MLS team would fare in terms of valuations in one three five years
2: I, I, I think a, a Las Vegas franchise would be valued at a really high number. Top 10, I mean, almost right off the bat. I mean, you think about what these new uh Charlotte is right there, uh knocking on the top 10. Uh they're number one in ticket revenue uh this year. That they, they've had a tremendous sold twenty four thousand season tickets to the place. Uh and and so I think uh these new markets that are coming in with soccer specific stadiums and St. Louis is St. Louis is going to crush it next year. Uh, I mean, big soccer
0: town. St. Louis is a huge soccer town.
2: They have had I I mean, they have a ridiculous number of season uh, tickets, 60,000 season ticket deposits. Uh, So they're going to they're going to pack that stadium. Corporate support is uh, going to be huge. So MLS has seemed to have figured out the model uh, in terms of putting franchises in the right markets. They're going to be well supported in uh, soccer stadiums with the exception with the exception of Charlotte. Um, and, and so I, I think you, you start to run into a problem, though, with, with price, because if, if you're going to charge a $400 million expansion fee, a stadium in Vegas, you're going to have to put a roof on it because it's 120 degrees in the summer. So that adds. So a stadium might cost you $500 million dollars. So. That stuff, you're nine hundred million in, uh, but before you before you kick a ball,
0: uh, do you think that'll be without any league assistance? So you either think somebody's going to come in, even with a promise, but that's a tough, like you just that's a tough nut to crack, right? There, four hundred million expansion, five hundred facility. That's I, that is not easy.
2: I don't. I think I think you're going to have to see. I mean, you look at what St. Louis is coming in after Charlotte, so they give St. Louis came in at two hundred. Uh, Charlotte didn't have to build a stadium. So it was 325. So I, I, I think there's got to be some calculus there in terms of uh, what you're looking at, what venue costs are going to be, because uh, it's, a, it's a lot to ask somebody to come into the league right now and, and commit $900 million when we, we have one franchise, LAFC at $900 million and everybody below that. Uh, so, so that's a lot to ask uh, of any new expansion team.
0: All right. Well, Kurt, I got to tell you, as, as a kid watching, let me see if you, you you were in the market. If you remember, you can watch the Cosmos NASL on WOR Channel 9. Jim Carvellis and Seamus Mallon on the call. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, but they were a thing. Like that was that we were just um, Evan and I were talking about the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Like the, there was rivalry. There were significant brands there. And you, you just kind of but that was it. It was the Cosmos and the Like that was about it. Now, I mean, you're starting to see real money, real owners, real know-how putting together a sports league uh, fun- with the fundamentals intact. So I, I, your overall then, uh, I mean, NFL, everybody says nobody can see where it stops, right? NBA, you're going to get two and a half X whatever on your media deal moving forward again, just up, up, up. And the last time, Ted Leonsa said, what a great time to be an NBA owner, right? And now he's looking at two and a half X increase on, on media what would you say? Where do you think the mindset is of MLS owners? Like pump the brakes guys. Like we, thanks for the publicity. Thanks for the valuations. But you know, we, we've got some work to do or, you know, full steam ahead.
2: Uh, I think, I think it's both. I mean, they're going full steam ahead. I mean, in some cases, the losses are bigger than ever because they are pouring money into acquiring better players. They recognize the, the path to us being one of the top, You know, eight sports, eight soccer leagues in the world is
0: having the best talent. All right, let me ask you this. And Evan, I want you to chime in. I want to ask you, because he watches a lot of EPL in the morning. Let let me ask you this, Evan. Yeah. Let's say we took the best team, or whatever, third, fourth, whatever, top-tier MLS team, whoever that is right now, you know, really good MLS team. uh, And you put those players in the jerseys of Aston Villa. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Does a U.S. audience... I'm frankly, does the home audience I- in England, how many people are saying, well, what's wrong with our team today? It's a really low level of play. Or is it just who, who notices? What's the di- I understand when you have a, a top, top flight star. I get it. I do. But I mean, it's not an accident that like that Wayne Rooney highlight where he chased somebody down all the way to the field, turn around and then delivered a perfect pass for goal. All right, <laughs> uh, that, that, That's yeah. an extreme talent. I get it. I, I understand. But. I'm just not convinced, and let, let's see if I get a lot of hate mail here. That all that many people would recognize if you just switched one team for the other in the mid-level of EPL and MLS.
1: I, I, I don't think I, I don't think a lot of people would notice either. I do think that a, an MLS club that was just plopped into the Premier League would probably not do particularly well over the course of a full season. Get relegated or but get relegated I, for sure? Maybe I, I don't. I'm not a, enough of an expert to fully know that, but I, I do know that just the, the brand strength at the top of EPL. Is so valuable, right? Like yeah. the, if, if if EPL was just Bournemouth and Wolverhampton and Southampton and and all of those clubs, and not the the big six, it, it would no, would be nowhere near as popular. So yeah, I think it's 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 partially the fact that the, those brands are so good and those teams are so good, right? They would. I mean, they'd probably beat the wheels off of any MLS team night in and night out. Those, those big, big ones as they're doing to some EPL teams as well. Uh, but you're, but you're right. I think that the, from a, from a, from an observer standpoint, I don't think most soccer fans in the U S would, would really notice a difference, but that also doesn't mean there isn't also a big difference.
2: Well, Scott, I'll throw some numbers out at you quickly before we go. So there, there's a, there's a. Football, global football league rankings out there that puts major league soccer at 15th, and they put a number on every club based on uh 538 stats and all that. So, the worst EPL team they have is Nottingham Forest, 54.2, the best uh major league soccer club, 58.8, better okay. number being higher. Man City is 93.
1: What league is rated higher current MLS or the second division in England?
2: Uh, second division, England is ranked 11th. Got it. Okay. So, but so they're they- all pretty close. The, those clubs, you know, there's a huge gap. Uh, the, those first five clubs, they have uh, way above everybody else: EPL, mm-hmm. Bundesliga, uh, Spain, Italy, and, and France. Uh, and then it drops down pretty quickly. Uh, and, and then it's really lumped together when you're talking about nine through 17 or so. Uh, so, so, it, they can. They, there's definitely an opportunity to move up to be in that group where you're in the top eight, eight top eight, top nine uh, over the next few years.
0: I am already grabbing my phone. I am texting Nate Silver right now to figure out, you know, how confident he is in these numbers. I want to know. <laughs> That's it. I, I need an answer, Nate. Anyway, d- he d- don't Kurt forget real, real
1: quick before we oh, go that, oh, that
0: Don- I'm, I've already started the close and Novi Williams thinks he wants to go more
1: <laughs> real quick. I was I was there and I think it was 2014 or 15 when Don Garber at the State of the League address said he wanted MLS to be among the best cl- leagues in the world by 2022. So that's where literally this year, the year that we're having this conversation was the target goal for, for Don saying we want to be among the best in, in the world. He didn't say better than La Liga or better than Syria. Ah, He just said among the best in the world. Um, so I think we can leave, we can leave it up to, to, to people to interpret how well they've done on that on, on that directive. But there, there has been a push to be, I think, higher on, on the list than 14th uh, by this point for a while.
0: Kurt, I saw your, your son kind of scampered behind you earlier. He's pretty funny when he realized you were doing something. He sped up to get out of there, and then he kind of like slammed the door. Like, so he got half of it. Good for him. But, but, but you will be able to uh, sympathize. Yeah, exactly. Mine. Believe me, mine too. You'll be able to sympathize and, and understand when I tell you this. The quickest road through my focus group of one to my wallet is the Xbox. And I think there's a ton of possibility for MLS to get it. not only its teams, its colors, its names, its players, all of it in all those video games. Then the kids start to want to wear the jerseys. They want to go mimic the players. They want to go watch. I think that's a really real, a, a real growth opportunity for MLS go through the video game market.
2: Oh, I- absolutely. I'm, I'm, I mean, FIFA is, is, has been the path for a lot of these kids. Uh, and, and it's a way to... You're introduced to these clubs, and then you say, "Oh, well, maybe I want to watch them live." Root for that one, yeah. Watch it it on Saturday morning. Yeah, I'm going to root for Lester. And and we're moving out to the point where, you know, that that the games have been around long enough that 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 we're we're moving away from the audience that grew up without those games, you know, to grow up without youth soccer being everywhere uh, where, to the point where it is now and has been for the last 20 years. And so, uh, again, there, there is a lot of hope in soccer, but there's a lot of work to do, Evan. So they're plowing full speed ahead. But again, the Apple deal is very much kind of a wait and see that they, they really, this has never been tried before. So I have no idea how many people are gonna subscribe and they can do all sort of modeling, but I don't think anybody really has any sort of idea uh, and, and they have to fix the big markets. You know, you, you can't you, you don't want the clubs in Chicago and the Bay Area and Boston and, and New York. You know, you don't want those to be your weakest clubs. Uh, we, when you, we when see, you say
0: Bay Area, that you're not referring to Boston Back Bay. I am not. <laughs> OK, I just want to make sure. <laughs> but <everybody> also, yes. <laughs>
2: but also Boston. Back no, Bay. no, no, we you no. Know, uh, San Jose is a weak club, you know. Um, and, and so uh, they're they're all working on it, but, but they all have individual problems that need to be solved. And so if you can. Build audiences in those big markets. That's that's dramatically more eyeballs. You know, it, it's 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 bad when uh, the Cubs and Yankees and Mets, you know, aren't good teams. I mean, that 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 causes base. That is a drag on the whole sport. And and in some ways, it's a drag on MLS not having these big markets uh, pull uh-huh. their weight.
0: Well, I'll just say thank you, Kurt, because I got to tell you, I, I loved the story. Great research. You talked to a whole ton of people. I mean, just A-plus work. We, we do appreciate it. Uh, Evan, anything for you? You want to finish up? No, that's it. All right. Well, then I'll tell... Hey, hey Kurt, what's your... Uh, we do the Twitter thing here at the end. What's your Twitter handle? I am K. Bodnauzen. I thought Kurt
2: Bodnauzen is a bit, a bit, it was a little too much of a mouthful. As, lo-
0: as long as you didn't throw an underscore in there, that's fine. Because <laughs> <we're good>. because <laughs> this other guy here that I have to do every time. Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter, Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Sashnik on Twitter, just straight up Sashnik. I don't know why everybody can't just do that. Producers, Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Digital media editor, core development, Cora loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will soon become the Sportico Media Network.